and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We're presented by CLNS Media. Today on the show, Dave Dufour is back. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the trades that have gone down. And then additionally, we're going to podcast again on Thursday with Cole Wicker. We are going to talk trade deadline as it happens live. It happened last week with Christoph Porzingis. We enjoyed the way it went down with Christoph Porzingis. So we're planning to record right around like 11.30 on Thursday when all of the deals will be flying in. But because we've had some of these interesting trades go down in the NBA overnight, uh, and since I've podcasted with Tony Jones, I thought it'd be great to have Dave Dufour come on and chat with me about them. So Dave, how you doing, man? I am doing really well. I'm ex- extremely tired. I was up late last night recording the Daily Ding, and then 20 minutes after we finished, the big Clippers-Sixers trade <laughs> happens, and I have to... <laughs> Go back and do an addendum. That that's uh that's podcasting. So what happened with me last night is I like went to bed at, you know, eleven thirty, something like that. And I just like, you know, I popped on a few good men because I hadn't watched a few good men in a couple years. I was like, this is a great movie to go to sleep to. You can't so, handle the truth. Yes. Sam so it ends up being that I legit like just get so engrossed and like I'm awake until two o'clock. And I didn't look at my phone, I didn't look at anything. I just was awake and I was trying to get to sleep. So I just popped on 30 rock after that. Cause I was like, I need to get to sleep after watching Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise just battle each other in the courtroom. So I fall asleep. Eventually I wake up and I realize like, Oh, I was awake while the Tobias Harris deal went down and just like, wasn't looking at my phone. Cause I was trying to unwind and I ended up not unwinding because I am a mess. This is, this is my life, Dave. This is where I'm at. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, man, like, there's this expectation, and not to not to complain because we do have pretty sweet jobs. Um, oh yeah, but there is an expectation that you're just working 24 hours a day. And now this week, like yeah, that's close to true. I mean, I, I got about three hours of sleep last night, um, and I'm gonna crash hard on Friday. Don't don't worry. But uh, you know, we are human beings, uh, unlike Woj and Shams, who are not clearly. Um, and we, we do need to kind of turn our brains off every now and then, you know, like otherwise the work becomes less fun and it's hard to do basketball uh, because the money's not amazing. It's hard to do it if it's not fun. Yeah. I mean, I've, so this year I've watched 22 movies already. I am, I'm feeling great about that. That was my goal coming into the Wait, year I wanted to watch. In 2019? In 2019. That's I've impressive. 22 movies. Cause like, I don't have kids. So like Laura, yeah, and I, yeah. that's what we do to unwind. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I feel watched, pretty good about that. I watched all of the bat, uh, Fast and the Furious movies this weekend, this past That's weekend. Fantastic! There That's, you go. I did I a binge. So every time that Laura and I pass it on Netflix, I will go, Laura, we could watch this movie. It's called The Fast and the Furious. Uh, have you heard of it? And she's like, no, I hate you. Stop this. <laughs> We're not watching this. It's so um, good, though. It is. I will you got to tell her it's a family film. That's, that's literally what I pitched her on last night. It's it's not a car film. It's a family film. That's right. Anymore. The heart of that movie is family uh, and Corona. I, I, I love my fiance. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about some of the trades that went down. I think that the biggest one uh, that went down overnight was the Tobias Harris deal. So it's Tobias Harris. It is Mike Scott and it is Boban Marjanovic. For Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, uh, Landry Shamit. Two first round picks, two second round picks. Did I get everything there? Uh, yes, you did. So, just your immediate reaction. Let's start there. What is your immediate reaction as this trade happens? Um. Well, I mean, first of all, the big the big elephant in the room is that Tobias Harris is an unrestricted free agent in like you know four months. 
or five months, I guess, July. Um, you have to be willing to pay him a near max to keep him. And clearly the Clippers decided they weren't going to go that route. They must have a feeling that they, they have a good shot at uh, another free agent who may be available. Uh, so if you're Philly, you, you have to feel very comfortable with the core that you're building and that you're going to be able to keep Tobias Harris because otherwise you just gave up a lot of assets. In the short term, I think it's a great deal. Tobias Harris is actually one of the most efficient scorers in the league. Averages over 20 points a game, and of all 20 points per game scorers, he takes the fewest. Uh, he has the lowest usage. That's amazing. Yep. He's perfect for this squad. Um, I, you, there is a little bit of like maybe there's too many cooks. There's not enough basketballs to go around. I don't think you're going to have a problem with Tobias Harris. I mean, he's beloved by his teammates, uh, in particular Boyan, who I'm really happy they got to stay together. That's probably the most important thing of of, of this trade. The Boban um, and Tobias got to stay yeah, together. Yeah, not Boyan. It's just Boban. the best. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but uh, I think Tobias slots in really, really well there. They pick up Mike Scott, who is going to be great for them off the bench. And, oh, yeah, uh, Boban is going to give you like eight to ten minutes of dominance. He, he's literally the most like efficient player to ever play in the NBA. Now, he just can't play very long, but he's incredible. And, I mean, having that guy as a backup is is a luxury. I mean, you look at look at the numbers that he's put up at every stop, and he's been great. So, uh, that, that, that's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, Tobias fits nicely with Simmons. He fits nicely with Embiid. He fits nicely with Butler. And now you have a scenario where you can have two of those guys on the court at all times. That's incredible. That, I mean, they, they essentially have now got the, the most dangerous starting lineup in the Eastern conference to, to me, uh, from an offensive standpoint, defensively Tobias Harris, not the most amazing, but he's not gonna he's not gonna totally kill you there either. And you've got Butler to pick up the tough assignments, and and Embiid obviously to you know back up everybody. Um, for the Clippers, this is clearly an asset. Well, hold, hold out, on, uh, let's, like, let's talk oh, about Philly first. Oh, okay. Because I just think there's a lot to talk about with Philly. There's so team. much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like I want to kind of keep it a little bit organized because I do think it's like it's just very interesting what this means for Philly because let's let's just kind of start bottom up right so like yes. Boban to me uh, is an interesting change of pace guy that you can throw out there for eight minutes a game or whatever I don't think that you can play him with Simmons because Ben wants to constantly run and that's not really something that Boban can do. Um, right. It is an interesting half-court option, though, for them to be able to throw oh, yeah. out there. Mike Scott, I think, is an incredible fit with their uh, with just about everyone on their roster. You can play uh, him as a backup to Joel Embiid. You can play him next to Joel Embiid, I think, as a backup behind Tobias Harris. There, there's just a lot there that you can really do with Mike Scott. I, I'm a big fan of that pickup. And then, obviously, the big one is Tobias Harris. You brought up the low usage. I think that's a great point. The fact that he is a low-usage player... Uh, in addition to being an incredibly efficient, effective scorer, is something they need. The next yeah. thing that I will bring uh, let, up... Let me throw one ahead. thing out there real quick that no one is going to think about. This is an exclusive uh, Game Theory podcast idea. End of game free throws, they're going to put Boban and Embiid out there to rebound. You're, you're not... If you miss a free throw, it's you're not getting the rebound. That's funny. That's interesting. It's great. It's great. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I just, It just popped up and I had to take us off track. Go ahead. It's interesting. Uh, if the team does get the rebound, you're going to get destroyed in space. But <laughs> it's it's at least an interesting idea. Um, having said that, the Tobias Harris acquisition to me, you can take it one of two ways. 
I think Philly 100% wants to re-sign him. I think that there's no doubt about this. They are acquiring him to re-sign him. The bigger question for me is, what does this mean for Jimmy Butler? So John Gonzalez over at the Ringer reported that, you know, there are some within the Philly organization that are kind of questionable on the way that this whole thing is going down. And, you know, you continue to hear all the rumors about Jimmy just, you know, kind of, he he, uh, does not do well with authority, we will say. That's probably the fairest way to put it. Uh, He does want to win. And I think that once you get into the playoffs, it's probably going to be fine. But this is another cook in the kitchen that Philly does need to feed in a way. Like I get, I get that Tobias is not a guy that is going to be demanding the ball. Like he's not a guy that is going to be running a ton of pick and rolls and bringing the ball up the floor but he is another guy that they need to get shots for and jimmy butler it seems like from what we know about jimmy butler jimmy butler is happy to win games and he really wants to be on a winning team but he wants to do it on his terms and the tobias harris acquisition lessens him doing it on his terms you know what i mean yeah they're less dependent on him completely yeah so um i, I do my initial if, like, gut reaction was that they were going to move jimmy butler before the deadline that's the, the first thing I thought was, wow, now does this mean they're moving Jimmy? Like, have they already agreed to, to a deal to move Jimmy somewhere? Um, not because there's redundancy, but like you, like you mentioned, maybe there's some uh, chemistry issues. Um, but then Woj reported that the plan was to keep all four guys. Zach Lowe had the exact same report this morning. Um, mm-hmm. It looks like they're going to they're gonna keep them. So, yeah, I, I think that they are, it seems like, yeah, uh, according to the reports. And... I'm just going to be very interested to see the way this goes. In terms of upside, I think that this starting lineup with Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, and Tobias Harris is the best starting lineup in the Eastern Conference. I will just say that. Now, where Milwaukee can kill them is, I think Budenholzer's better coach than Brett Brown. Uh, and that's like not a slight at Brett. I just think that Mike is probably one of the five best coaches in the NBA. Um, you know, I think that they're deeper than Philadelphia, although that gets mitigated slightly in the playoffs. Uh, And I will be interested to see how Milwaukee chooses to guard Joel Embiid through a seven-game playoff series because they do have Brooke Lopez. I don't think they want to use Giannis on uh, Joel Embiid. Definitely not. Thon Maker, who we'll talk about in a second here, was just traded. Um, He was at least another option to throw at Joel. I'll just be interested to see the way that those two match up in a playoff series if they get that far. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. The one thing I'd say is that Embiid guarding Brooke Lopez, the way that that Bud uses him, would would actually counteract anything Embiid would do to Brooke Lopez on the other end. Mm Mm-hmm. Lopez would stretch the floor so much, draw Embiid out of the paint. I, I don't even know that they would have him guard Embiid. They they would probably wind up zoning up a lot if Brooke Lopez was out there. Well, I, th- I just think because you of have Giannis. To, well, you have to have him guard Embiid just because you don't want Giannis guarding him, and like you just can't. No, no, no. no. I mean, on the other end. I mean, oh, on the other end. Right. So, so you can have Brooke Lopez guarding Embiid because Brooke Lopez's floor stretching on the offensive end creates more space unless philly winds up going you know zone up it, this is neither here nor there because we don't even know if they're going to play in the playoffs so i'm getting way ahead of myself but um I, I don't i can't imagine a scenario where any team is actually able to adequately match up with this lineup i mean it's just it's massive but it's also it really athletic and can yeah. score it's it's a wild lineup man yeah 
it is a wild lineup, and I think it's going to be very interesting. Philly still has the same depth issues they had before. That's Certainly. just kind of realistic. But the buyout market, you know, it's going to be, you know, they're going to be going after a Wesley Matthews or someone like that. And what this does is I think it positions them higher up the totem pole uh, than other teams now to get Tobias Harris. Absolutely. An- another thing it does is it prevents Tobias Harris from going elsewhere in the Eastern Conference because I think there are some teams that realistically could have made a case for Tobias Harris. Now, in terms of just opportunity cost here, if you're Philadelphia, would you have rather gone all in on Tobias Harris by paying Landry Shamit two firsts, you know, et cetera, in terms of salary? Or would you have rather paid less to get Danilo Gallinari? Because I would imagine that the Clippers in this scenario probably would have just said, hey, if you give us like Wilson Chandler and, you know, Mike Muscala, who both expire, right. we will give you Danilo Gallinari. And by the way, Gallo's having a great year. Yeah, but he can't. Because they want to they get that money off the books right. if you're Los Angeles. But- well, now they, they just added all these picks, so now they can move that money. Um, he can't stay on the court, so if you're Philly, that, that deal's just not, it doesn't make any sense. They need guys who can play. Like you said, they already have depth issues. But I they can't, stay on, the court. Do you can't mean, stay on the court. Do you mean injury-wise, or do you mean defensively? I mean both. I mean, they, I, I they do have think Embiid. there's something to the defense, I, I will say. Well, they have Embiid, who, who may get run off the court against certain lineups in the playoffs. I mean, we saw it last year. Yeah. Um, but they also have Embiid, who you know is not exactly the healthiest guy. I mean, he's got this back thing that keeps swearing up. You can't have another guy that you're going to count on who can't stay healthy. Now, if you had said Miritich, should they have kicked the tires on Miritich instead of going for Tobias? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think you could have gotten him for a lot less. Um, but the, the reason and, I say Gallinari is because I don't think you have to give up. I legit don't think you have to give up any firsts to get Danilo. But the problem is he can't play, right? Like, if he can't play... Then, then he's he's of no value. You'd rather just keep the powder dry. But Miritich could actually play, and Miritich is not a terrible defender. Yeah. So I, I would rather between those two, I'd rather have Miritich if I'm Philly. Um, You'd rather give up the first and get Miritich and get Miritich um, than than get Gallinari. I mean, obviously, if you're if you're the Clippers, you you would jump at two expirings for Gallinari, you know, because then you've got all that money off the books. Um, but if Philly is star hunting, as we you know, as they they blatantly told us, Tobias is a star. I mean, you know, yes, he's like a yeah. third banana star, but he's a star, and they Tobias just got is much better than Gallo, no question. Absolutely, and and, and he's st- he's entering his prime. Like this is not like he's he's not thirty years old. I mean, he is twenty six. I think it just feels like he's been in the league for forty years because he's been traded five times. And uh, you know, he he just that guy can play, and I think he's going to be better, in particular with better players. You know, the defense he's already super efficient. And he doesn't have anyone nearly as good as Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, or Joel Embiid on his team. Maybe Lou Williams is kind of like just below those guys. So I love the fact that they are as ambitious as they are and they're going for it. That's fucking amazing to me. Yeah, like that's the realization of the process. That's incredible to me. But I just wonder if in their situation, if getting... If you think Gallinari can stay healthy, this is. Which, you know, you bring up a valid point. Can he stay on the court? I don't, I don't know if he can. I just think that getting someone like that for the role that he's going to play, because he is going to be a catch-and-shoot guy, attack closeouts, um, 
terrific offensive player who sheltered a little bit defensively, right? They are going to be in similar roles here to where I just wonder if the difference between Harris and Gallinari, which is substantial, like there is a pretty pretty big difference there. If it's not worth maintaining the optionality going forward by keeping the multiple picks, by keeping Landry Shamet, because right now, if Philly, so like, Let's play this out into the summer, right? Let's say Philly loses one of Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. Mm -hmm. They're in, their optionality is very limited now in terms of how they get better around Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. So I just look at this and I think I would rather keep the optionality open. I get it. But so their option this summer basically is re-sign both those guys, stay over the cap, right? Which is important for them because they're, you know, you're trying to compete. Um, they can they can re-sign Redick with his early bird rights, so they can give him a substantial raise. I think it's one hundred seventy five percent of his twelve million that he's making this year. Um, and then if it's not working out, well, Jimmy Butler is probably his value is not really going to drop that much, except for the you know maybe he's got a bigger contract, but he's still going to be a valuable player. And Tobias, oh, that, that is a terrifying contract to me. If I he know. drops off at all, it's not year, that's... but it's not year one or two that's terrifying. It's three, four, or five, right? Like right. But he's not the fact five. that those will be attached to that deal, though, there is a chance but you'll that find Jimmy a, Butler... you'll find a team like the Lakers that would be willing to do it when they strike out this summer, right? Like that deal will be movable. Tobias Harris, even more so. Tobias Harris young. is always going to be movable because he's right. young. Yeah, I agree with that. So you're not That's locked true. in to, you know, it's not it's not a disaster. You know, uh, Tobias Harris, not really injury prone or anything like that. So it's, you know, it's not like you have to worry about that. I, I, I again, I think when you when you're in the position they're in where they actually have a legitimate chance at the finals, in particular after this move, I think taking a big swing is the right thing to do. So is there a part of you that is concerned that they're doing this in the, you know, potentially the last year of Golden State as opposed to waiting a year to do this? No, because they'll have this team next year, uh, at least in theory. Hopefully. Right? Like like th- that's right. the thing, though. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, but this deal might not be there next year. You know what I mean? Like sometimes sure. you just got to strike while the iron's hot and you got to hope things work out your way. They make it to the finals this year. That's that's a huge step for this team. Yeah, I know you want to win a championship, but even making it there is a big deal. True. Very true. Very, very true. I just wonder if they could have gotten Tobias this summer without having to pay for it. Maybe you couldn't. Maybe you know that you can't do that. You know. Well, the cap, the cap gets tricky for them. Yeah. They'll have Jimmy Butler's cap hold. They'll have JJ Reddick's cap hold. Wait, yeah, no, you basically would have. Well, you would, right. would have had to decide had between cap. JJ yeah. and Tobias. Exactly. Now that you have Tobias's bird rights, you don't. You can have keep to decide everybody between those two. Exactly. You can keep everybody. So yeah, um, yeah. It's it's an interest. It's a fascinating deal from Philadelphia. It is. I do think that this makes them one of the two favorites in the East, along with Milwaukee. Uh, I, I am not discounting Milwaukee. Milwaukee, you know, their net rating this season is one of the best we've seen in a decade. Uh, they are genuinely an elite team, and I think that you need to still account for them. This does not make Philadelphia the number one unquestioned favorite in the East, in my opinion. Um, they certainly can get to the finals. Don't necessarily doubt that. But I just want to make sure that we know that, like, hey, Milwaukee is still there. Milwaukee is still awesome. Oh, yeah. The other side of this, though, is L.A. And I will give you the floor because I did interrupt you terribly. No, no, no. It's okay. You want me to just run through that like I did with Philly? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right. So I I really like Shamit a lot. I think he's going to be a good good piece for this team going forward. Uh, If nothing else, he's also a good asset to move this summer. He is basically like getting an extra first-round pick. He he's been really really good. Um, 
that it was the Miami 2021 pick. It is. Yep, it's the unprotected Miami 2021, which may be the first year that we get high schoolers in the draft. And it does not that, seem like that is going to be the case for what it's worth, but it's still Miami's not going to be good. Yeah. In theory. Um of course it is Miami, so you never know. Uh and it's unprotected. And it's far enough out that it still has enough allure, right? Like we know that the 2020 draft class is not going to be any good. We don't know about 2021 yet. Uh, for what it's worth, I would say 2021 is going to be very good. There you go. As someone, so, as someone who does this and that's right. has seen a lot of these, yeah, seen a lot of these senior kids. I do the in May yeah. where I read all of Sam Vecini's stuff on The Athletic at theathletic.com. Yeah. And the, uh, the 2021 <laughs> is going to be like Evan Mobley. Uh, Cade Cunningham is a name that I really like. Uh, is Evan Mobley to related to Catino? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. That's a bummer. That's they're they're the Mobley family out here, Isaiah and Evan, uh, who will be going to UCL or USC. Yeah. Um, okay. So so you've got that pick that's that's actually worth a lot. Um, and then the other pick, I should have had this pulled up. Sorry, man. It's the it's the twenty nine. It's the twenty twenty uh, Sixers pick, isn't it? Sixers pick, right? Which yeah. probably not worth as much, right? Um, and then you got those seconds, and then uh, the Clippers are going to miss the playoffs, and so they're going to keep their pick this year. That's that's a big haul, man. They they essentially got uh, you know six draft picks if you count Shamit as a draft pick. Um, that's pretty big. And if you were trying to swing for the fences on a guy like AD, well now you've got something you can add to Shea, to Montrez, to whatever to whatever you're looking to to package to try to get AD. That's a big deal. That's a big haul for them. It is a reset, but. It's a smart reset. It's it's an asset allocation. This deal was all about asset allocation. They clearly decided Tobias wasn't the guy for them. Um, I'm under the assumption that they have a feeling they're getting Kawhi. I mean, everyone thinks that. So yeah, that, that's they, a that's a sentiment that is widely held around the end. Exactly, we will say. So they've got the space to get Kawhi. Potentially, you know, we might see like a draft night trade. You know, featuring the Clippers. I, I think the Anthony Davis thing is going to stretch into the summer. Um, but there are going to be other guys available as well um, that aren't just Anthony Davis. So uh, I think this sets them up really, really well for the future. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. Um, th- they are set to where they can make acquisitions into their cap space via both trade and free agency. I mean, like the Clippers still think that they are in on Tobias or uh, in on Kevin Durant. For what it's worth, like right, you know, um, we'll see if that happens. Everyone seems to think, as you know, Ethan Strauss wrote in the Athletic earlier today, that you know he's going to New York. But at the end of the day, I'll be very interested to see how that all shakes out. Kawhi Leonard, uh, you know, as Dave said, that sentiment is very, very prevalent. Uh, you know, and they have other options here via free agency, and they have other options going into perpetuity via free agency because they are just they've cleaned their cap sheet in such a terrific way. So I'm a fan of what the Clippers have done here. I think it's really, really smart. I think it's uh, a great job by Lawrence Frank to move on a guy that they knew wasn't necessarily long for them, and they got great asset value for him. So uh, I, I am a fan of this deal for the Clippers. I just don't know that there's a whole lot to add beyond that. I mean, like this deal also helps them potentially keep their draft pick because it's top 14 protected uh, to Boston, correct? Exactly. Yep. So, yeah. So, I, I you know, I think it's a smart move for future optionality for the Clippers in a season where, yeah, they've been really exciting. They've been fun to watch, but this is not a future situation for the Clippers at all. No. I mean, they, they again, they've positioned themselves to build their team 
in every way that you can possibly build a team. Free agency, the draft, or via trade. It is a it is a fantastic position to be in. It's what Boston has been in for years, um, but now Boston's kind of running out of these assets. Uh, yeah. And so Clippers are, you know, kind of that new team. Let's see if they actually use them to do anything or yeah. if they're going to overvalue them, kind of like we've seen with Boston. One place where you can't overvalue uh, your money is betonline.ag. It's another huge week across the NBA with some very exciting matchups and trade rumors. There's only one place to get in on all the action. Betonline.ag. It's sports. It's casino. It's a virtual casino. You name it. BetOnline.ag is CLNS Media's preferred sportsbook online. Use the promo code CLNS50 for that 50% sign-up bonus. That's CLNS50 at BetOnline.ag. Look, I told you guys on Monday, I'm really excited about that uh, Troll God Lakers-Celtics game on trade deadline Thursday. I think it's going to be so funny. It's going to be so exciting to watch these two narrative teams right now go up against each other. and look, it's just such a fun time to be an NBA fan that uh, you, you really can't go wrong uh, gambling on games every single night. And the best way to do that is betonline.ag. You can go online or use your mobile phone to sign up today at betonline.ag and try in-game live betting where you can participate with all the action with every play. Uh, use that promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. That's BetOnline.ag or BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Let's talk about this uh, rumored Mark Gasol trade. Uh, I believe that Kevin O'Connor, the ringer, reported that right now it is uh, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, Bismack, Biombo, and a protected first for Mark Gasol. And the hangup is the protection on the first rounder. Yeah, why would would Memphis take those contracts and... Uh, have protections on a first round pick. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think that the protections are going to end up being for not. Uh, and if I was Charlotte, I would probably just like kind of reduce the protections. I think Marcus all is a huge upgrade for them. I think he helps them reach the playoffs and I'm yeah. sure that there's no way that you're doing like anything more than like, you know, top 10 protection on this pick. That's probably, probably the haggle. So yeah, I, I think this is a move that should get done. At least the fact that uh, Charlotte, is in a circumstance where they could get off of two of these picks and get a guy. It's crazy to me. I mean, for Charlotte, this <laughs> they'll be pairing Kemba Walker with the best player he's ever played with. Yep. It's a no-brainer. I mean, if you're just swinging for the playoffs, which just seems like that's what they're doing, um, you know, I guess it's a good move. Uh, I my, my question is, is Gasol going to opt out of that $25 million? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, mean, I think he probably maybe they have a does. Place. Maybe he'll opt out, sign a three-year, you know, sixty million or three years, fifty-five million or something like that. But yeah, um, you know, that was that was my prediction to three sixty with like maybe yeah. in, maybe a player option on the end. Yeah, well, I mean, you, I, I don't know that I wanted to pay him twenty million this year, much less you know two years from now. Yeah, um, we'll we'll see if that's what the deal is that ends up going down. Um, like you said, this is. Kemba Walker, the best player he's ever played with. It's the best fit, certainly, that he's ever played with. Pick and roll combinations with Marcus All and Kemba Walker are going to be incredibly interesting to watch. And the reason that I think that is, is because if, if you've watched the uh, Hornets this year, as I'm sure you have, Dave, mm-hmm. it, it's 
gotten a little stale with just the pure Kemba attack, right? He had the incredible start to the season, uh, but right now his true shooting percentage is back like right around league average at 55.9. And I think that says a lot in terms about just how teams have figured out how to defend him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to be a one man show. Very yeah. hard. So, you know, I, I'm not surprised. Are you? No, no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Gasol would help for this stat. They're like four and 23 in games decided by some like small margin or something like that. Coin flip games. They just cannot win. And this has been an ongoing thing for years with them. And it's because they only have Kemba Walker. So yep. Kemba, Kemba sort of keeps them afloat. And, um, you know, maybe Marcus Hall can help him actually win some games. I don't I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but with the way they draft, I mean, who cares? I hate to be like that because it's only February, but, you know, like Charlotte's, they're a sinking ship that won't sink, if that makes in, any sense. In terms of the Memphis side of this, do you like this deal for Memphis at all? No, I don't. I, I feel like you should be able to get more. I mean, Marcus Hall, while he's not the Marcus Hall of two years ago, Marcus Marcus is still going to help a team that's going into the playoffs. Like he can really play, he can still play defense. He can really pass. He can really shoot. I mean, he's a useful player. It, the the idea that you couldn't get, um, you know, like a first round pick without having to take back too much salary, uh, at least future salary. That's the big one. Like Biombo has a seventeen million dollar option for next year. I can't remember uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist right off the top of my it's head. It's a thirteen million dollar option about. Right. So you you're you're actually taking on more money for next year. That just doesn't make any sense. But Memphis doesn't do a lot that makes sense. Yeah. If I w- the problem is I don't know who the other team is for Mark. Like I- I've been trying to hunt around and like find, okay, what team can realistically decide we think Marcus All is a huge value add for us. I don't really know that that team exists. Like maybe you could say San Antonio, like could you do like a pal for Mark trade and just come full circle where Mark is the main asset and pal is the throw in. Um, like, is that a, is that a thing you can do? I don't I mean, know. you, you could, I don't, I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if San Antonio wants to give up what they'd have to give up to get Mark though. You know, like it would, they wouldn't just do it for Powell straight up. They would have well, to like, give up pick. And I don't right, think San like, Antonio's would, would doing do, that. Would you do Powell and Lonnie Walker? No, I would not. I think I agree with you for what it's worth. I, I want, I want to keep Lonnie Walker, um, and see what he's turning into. Um, but then, like, who's the other who's the other team? Like, it's not a big enough upgrade for Portland. Uh, New Orleans is out now. It's not, you know, Minnesota. It doesn't really help them at all. Uh, Milwaukee's happy with what it's getting from Brooke Lopez. Miami, I, I just don't think that they're going to add another big man. Uh, maybe you could say Houston. Like, could you try and do Houston and take on, like, the Brandon Knight money, like, for next year? But it's the same deal then as Charlotte, right? Yeah, like, and, and you're also... You're taking on future money. You wouldn't play... Gasol over Capella. Right. So I just don't really know who the other option is on the market. Like there, there were talks that Detroit was in on it and that just didn't make sense to me. Um, yeah. So like, I, I just don't, like, I think that for Charlotte, there's just, or for Memphis, there's just not enough of a market for Marcus all. And that's why we look at this deal and think that it is a situation where they do not have enough. They just don't have a big enough marketplace to get the value back for Mark that we think they can. I didn't mind, you know, like if they could work out a deal for Valanchunas, I don't hate that. I think Valanchunas is a guy you could actually play next to Jaron Jackson, and uh, it's not that it's not that big of a downgrade offensively from Marcus Hall. Defensively, clearly it is, but um, you know, this is a team that's going to be bad for a little while anyway. Uh, so if you could work out something where you got a pick from from Toronto 
preferably a future pick, which good luck with that because Masai knows there's a good chance they're going to be bad next year. Um, you know, it, it gets, I don't know, it's dicey. There just isn't a ton of a market out there. So they, they owe, uh, I believe, their first rounder to San Antonio, right, this year? Yes. So it'd be a 2021 first rounder to... But there's no way Masai would do that. No yeah. way Masai would. Because and like, if, you, if they lose line. Kawhi, they're going to reset. If they lose Kawhi, they're going to deal Lowry. They're going to deal Ibaka. Um, they're going to try to deal anything they can. Go ahead and bottom out and reset. That and That what, is clearly the, be, the plan when you look at those deal? contracts. It would be Jonas and Norman Powell in a first? Yeah, maybe. In, I, I, again, I was just throwing this out there. What was offered was, uh, allegedly, Kyle Lowry, Valanchunas uh, for Conley and Gasol. Can I just point out that deal makes no sense for Toronto None. to offer? Um, and the reason that I say that it makes no sense for Toronto to offer is because it's very clearly not what Memphis is looking for. Like, there's just no real way. Um, I think Kyle's really good. I think Jonas is a good basketball player. But it, it just doesn't fit with the timeline that Memphis is going for. So I don't know why you would offer that and risk it getting out if you're Toronto. Yeah. Just, it just I, is, I agree. It's a weird. And now you got to deal with Kyle Lowry for the rest of the year. Right, it's a weird decision. Uh, you know, it makes me and like Jake Fisher is very good, so like I'm not going to say like it makes me question the report, but right. it, it's just a very strange construction. You know what I mean? Um, yes. Next, let's talk about just real quick. Let's talk about Rodney Hood, the Rodney Hood to Portland deal, two seconds and cap filler essentially with Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin. Do you think Rodney Hood helps Portland? I hope. You know, I, I might have been higher on Rodney Hood two years ago than anyone. Yep, and my expectations just never came to fruition. Part of it was injuries. Uh, you know, last season he was hurt to start the year, and then Donovan Mitchell happens, so he never really got a chance to kind of lead that team the way I thought he might when Gordon Hayward wasn't there. Um, and it, you know, he just wasn't very good. He had his his you know locker room issues in Cleveland, where you know, like he was he was you know leaving the bench and had all this stuff going on, so like never found his footing there. Hasn't really been good this year. He's been okay. So we'll see. I don't know. It's a good environment. If he's going to be good anywhere, it'd be, you know, with Terry Stotts as his coach, I guess. Yeah. I, hope, I, think I, I really thought he was going to be like a 22-point game scorer in Utah after, after Hayward left, but it just didn't happen. I mean, again, the injury issue with him is always present. So I like the big, uh, the big wing idea for them, especially a big wing who can shoot like Rodney Hood can. Uh, yeah. That's just something they need generally. They've I would been like missing this, it for years. Right. I would like this deal a lot more for them if Rodney Hood's bird rights transferred over, uh, right. which they don't in this deal, uh, because that's just the way that it works. When a player takes a qualifying offer and is then traded, the bird rights don't transfer. Um, in general, it's it's fine. I, I think it helps Portland. I think it accomplishes both teams' goals. And the last deal that we're going to talk about here is the... Uh, Stanley Johnson for Thon Maker Challenge Trade, where it's essentially a reset for both players. Thon Maker gets to go play uh, with Detroit and Dwayne Casey, and particularly Sean Sweeney, who helped unlock a lot of what Thon Maker's potential was with switching defense in Milwaukee. And then Milwaukee acquires Stanley Johnson, and Stanley Johnson uh, is a guy that is very, at least, interesting if you think you can teach him to shoot i'm skeptical of that because of the low release point and he always seems to be out of rhythm he shoots the ball in front of his face i think it's like a drastic mechanical overhaul if you're going to try and get him to shoot but he is a big wing who you can throw on bigger forwards and that's a very valuable player type yeah i mean he's he's a four 
um, in particular in, in Milwaukee. Um, Agreed. Yeah, Stanley, Stanley Johnson is one of these guys that the Spurs have been sniffing around for a couple of years. Uh, if, this, if the Spurs are interested in somebody, you should probably be interested in them. Um, if Bud has any of that Spurs magic, uh, I would expect to see Stanley Johnson become a player. Both of these guys are, are subject to, you know, the second draft, right? Like they're, they're I think Thon yeah. is a third year player and uh, Stanley's a fourth year player. Buying low on these third, fourth and fifth year players is such a smart move. Rodney Hood, who we just talked about. Um, it's such a good move for teams because it's so low risk. You know, if, if they don't like Stanley Johnson, uh, let's just say not even on the court, character stuff, whatever. Okay, that's fine. Rescind a qualifying offer or don't offer the qualifying offer. Just let him go. You didn't lose anything. You probably were, you know, you and Thon were heading for a divorce anyway. But if you like him, he's not been good enough to really demand much on the market. No team's going to come in with any kind of big offer. You can sign him to a team-friendly deal, even go four years, you know, like, I don't know, $8 million or something. Not a ton of money. But if he pans out, then you've got a player. And if he doesn't, he's a contract that you get to move in, in another deal. Um, yeah. it's, it's a win-win situation with Don, like you mentioned, he'll be back with a coach that actually really like did a lot of good work with him in a situation where hopefully he'll play. Uh, it seems like that was the big problem in Milwaukee. He just didn't know where his minutes were coming from. And so, uh, you know, it, he needs to earn minutes from Dwayne Casey. He's not just going to get them. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I'm, I'm rooting for both of those guys. I want everybody to be good, but, uh, you know, in particular, those two guys they are very unique physical profiles. So I'd like to see them succeed just because I want to see what they can do when they're at their full strength. Yeah, I think it's a fascinating deal for all of the reasons that you've just laid out um, and the reasons that I talked about earlier. Uh, It's honestly one of those deals that we talk about and then it probably ends up being something that doesn't end up mattering at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like neither of these guys have been particularly good so far. Um, You know, it probably ends up being nothing, but it's interesting. Nonetheless, I like forget this deal happens. We'll, we'll forget that it happened Saturday. Yep. Right. Like there's going to be a bunch of deals and we'll forget this deal even happened. Yeah. I like the idea of just giving guys opportunities elsewhere. The second draft is fantastic. Uh, And these are two guys that I think are very interesting in general. Um, Is there anything else out there? I mean, should we talk about like the maybe Mike Conley deals? Um, Like, um, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. Like, they're they're so different, right? Like there's the the one for Detroit and then the one for Utah, and they're vastly different things. The Detroit one doesn't really move the needle, where the Utah one really takes him into. I mean, you have to talk about him then. Um, he'd be great next to Donovan Mitchell. I don't know. I in in Detroit, I don't want to take the ball out of Blake's hands too much. Like he's having the best season of his career being the point guard, and I think that that's important for for what they're trying to do. Um, and then you know. But Utah could really use a guy like Connolly next to Donovan Mitchell. So that's interesting. But, you know, let's see if it gets done. Remember, this Memphis team, they sat on Tyreek Evans last year, and they were offered first-round pick after first-round pick, and they did not deal him. So uh, we're not dealing with uh, the sharpest knives in the drawer. So with Memphis, uh, just in terms of offers that make sense. So Utah right now, according to Tony Jones, as we talked about on the podcast last time, is offering uh, Ricky Rubio and Derek Favors to make the salaries match and be able to get Memphis term Mike Conley money in addition to a first and second round pick. They are not offering Dante Exum. If I am Utah, what I would offer is I would offer to replace the second with Dante Exum. And I would ask you to add Jamichael Green and Justin Holiday to the deal. Well, you can't add Justin Holiday, can you? Because no, you can't. He was already yeah traded, so you can't aggregate him in another trade. You so have to what, do a separate it, deal. It'd have to be like I would try and get Jamichael Green and 
like maybe man like dylan brooks is hurt too um like Garrett maybe it's, maybe it is just Jamichael a guy Green. but might make too much money yeah he makes too much money it throws the balance of the deal off so like maybe you could throw in epe udo on the other side but like i i would want if i if i want mike conley and you're making me try and give up dante axum because it does seem like that's the impasse right now um because memphis while they do have to make a decision on marcus all right now i think they don't really have to make that decision on mike conley right now. yeah they and, can move him to summer right and he'll have a market this summer. He's a very good basketball player. Uh, I just wonder if you can try and get like one interesting, useful player, maybe two useful rotation players in addition to Mike Conley that can help you this season uh, while not hurting your long-term flexibility. If they want um, Dante Exum in the deal. Yeah, Dante Exum would be great. I, like you said, I actually I wouldn't be shocked if they wind up hanging on to Conley and waiting until teams strike out in free agency. Like if the Lakers can't sign Kawhi, they can't sign Jimmy Butler, they don't get AD, you know, they don't get Kevin Durant. Well, guess what? They may be interested in, you know, sending you some stuff for Mike Connolly. And that's yeah. what I'd be doing. I, if I were Memphis, I'd be keeping the powder dry of Mike Connolly, um, trying to move Marcus Gasol to get off that money. I and mean, again, cap space doesn't mean as much for them. So they can take right. bad, back some bad contracts, but you're not going to take back a bad contract with a lottery protection. Right. If you're if you're uh, Memphis, I, I wouldn't want any protections on a pick that I was taking back in a deal. If I'm taking any bad contracts back, if if I'm Charlotte, I am definitely like in the Marcus All case. I'm definitely attaching like top four protection to that pick. Yeah, uh, but that's it. it. Moves up, but that's it. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, in, in regard to Utah, I think that if Utah does not budge on Rubio favors a first and a second, I would think that the deal probably does not get done. Um, if they're willing to throw an Exum and then Memphis is willing to add in some other pieces that can help them. I don't know. I think if I'm Utah, I'm, I'm probably, the more I think about it, the more I don't think I would add in Dante. I'm hanging on to Exum. Yeah. You know, Rubio's an expiring contract too. Like, so, um, you know, unless you're getting an upgrade, which Mike Conley is an upgrade, you know, you shouldn't also punt the future. Right. Like Utah's just not, they're not a Mike Conley away from winning a title. If they were, send Exum out. But Exum might be the guy who replaces Rubio, you know? And, and you know, I, I think that if you're them, you've got him on a good contract. You might as well wait it out and see what happens. I mean, the, the health stuff, he's having a hard time staying on the court. But, you know, give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's at least interesting uh, the way this is going to go. One last deal. Uh, let's talk about Reggie Bullock for Svi Mikhailuk in a second. The uh, the. Detroit City has the Red Wings and they now have the no wings uh, in the Detroit Pistons because, I mean, what, they only have Luke Kennard on the wing right now? Uh, Pretty much. A wing player, maybe Glenn Robinson. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. What Do you have any thoughts on this? I think it's a, it's a good deal for both teams, actually. Um, the Pistons weren't going to be able to keep Bullock. They actually saved a bunch of money. So they've ducked the tax, which is good for them. Um, they picked up another pick. Which, if they're trying to make a deal for Conley, they can they can include. And for the Lakers, hey man, they need shooting. They're bad at shooting. And yep. then they just added a guy who's probably going to shoot fifty percent from three for the rest of the season, playing next to LeBron. He is um, by far their best shooter now. He's at, yeah, he's fantastic. So yeah, I, I think that this was a it was, again this was a win win. Uh, Zvi is interesting. Um, I don't know that he's ever like a top seven in a rotation type of guy, um, but you never know. Uh, the other thing with Reggie Bullock that I want to point out, uh, the Lakers do get his full bird rights and his cap hold is cheap. It's like 4.7 million. 
So that is something that you could actually see them hanging on to um, if they are able to at least, and then trying to convert that down the road into a deal that makes sense for them. Absolutely. So that's a great deal. It's a good deal for them. Yeah, it's a very good deal. And like you can be high on Svi and still think that is a deal that like makes sense for the players right now. Dave, I'm going to make you make one trade deadline prediction for Thursday. What do you got? Anthony Davis is not out of New Orleans. I agree with you. I don't think Anthony Davis is going to move out of New Orleans. Um, In terms of a deadline prediction for me, I am going to say that Washington finds a way to get under the luxury tax because there is no reason for them to stay over the luxury tax with this roster. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to sort that out. The fake trade that I came up with yesterday was Trevor Ariza for Tony Snell in a second. Uh, That gives Milwaukee more long-term flexibility with salary cap, given that they have to re-sign a lot of their guys this summer. It gives them a dead-on replacement uh, for... This gives them maybe even a better player. Uh, It's just a very, very good good offer i feel like for both sides yeah i, I like it maybe maybe that's not what washington does by the let's way call uh, no, yeah, let's, let's call it in no let's call it in before the before the league office is closed this is this is sensible also uh it's very strange to me i think noah vonley gets dealt i think that's a pretty obvious one and then additionally it is a little bit weird that it doesn't seem like new orleans is going to move julius randall whenever his uh his yeah, player options. Randall and Miritich should be moved. I mean, like yeah. both of these guys should be moved. Um, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, I'm hoping that they're fielding offers. Both of those guys could help a contender, but in particular Miritich. So, I mean, watch out for like, you know, maybe Brooklyn kicks the tires on Miritich. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a great move for them, I think. Uh, Dave, to. tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Dave Dufour NBA. Uh, I host the, you know, the Daily Ding over on uh, Count the Dings, and also Nerder She Wrote and Basketball Buds, back-to-back podcasts, all that jazz. Um, yeah, that's it. That's that's. I think that's all my stuff. Dave it's a and, lot. Yeah, Dave and the back-to-back boys do a really good, uh, and girls, I should say, as well. Yeah, uh, that's right. Everyone over there does a great job, and you would uh, absolutely enjoy all of their podcasting content. Dave is the best. Thanks for coming on, man. This has been the Game Theory Podcast. Shout out Bet Online. Go use that CLNS50 promo code over there if you want to gamble like I do every night. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Like I said, this is just an extra podcast because Cole's Wicker ducking me again. Cole's ducking you. Oh, man. He's I'll ducking me. I'll have to have a conversation with Cole tomorrow when we catch up for the trade deadline. Until next time, though, we'll talk soon. Bye.